The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. News with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. They fought and some died for their homeland. They fought and some died, now it's our land. Look at his little child, there's no fear in her eyes. Could he not show respect for other dads who have died? Take two minutes, would you mind? It's a pittance of time for the boys and the girls who went over. In peace, may they rest, may we never forget why they died. It's a pittance of time. Well, we are going to take some time today to remember. Of course, tomorrow is Remembrance Day, November 11th. And usually on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News on the day before, this is what we do. We give Chedville an opportunity to share, to talk, to pause for a little reflection. It's Jalen Nye, Andrew Gross on this Friday edition. And, you know, I'm almost conflicted on this because it is Remembrance Day. It's a somber uh, day coming up, a, a moment to, to reflect on the men and women who serve this country. But I actually look forward to this show. Some of your stories are absolutely remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of gets you, as you listen, thinking about your own stories. Um, and in anticipation of this show, I phoned my mom last Did night. Did you? Good. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about uh, her time in London as a war bride. And um, I didn't know this before, but... Um, my, you, as I've mentioned to you before, my dad uh, held the rank of major during the Second World War with the Canadian Armed Forces. Um, his two brothers, the three of them, were all working on uh, their dad's ranch in uh, Brandon, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he agreed to allow the three of them to uh, hop in a friend's car and drive to Winnipeg and enlist. And he lost uh, all three sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all returned safely, but. Just in the 24-hour period, he went from having three ranch hands to none. (laughs) All of a sudden, the work for him was a lot more around the farm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Interesting uh, note as well, by the way, and my mother still laughs about this, that my father achieved the rank of major and uh, his two brothers achieved the rank of private. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what happened there. (laughs) Well, today we want you to share your stories. You can do so at 630-630. And, of course, throughout the afternoon, you can give us a call at 496-0063. We do have some special guests coming into the studio today at 3 o'clock. Karen Storwick is going to be joining us, um, talking about a a film project that she is working on. It's called The Ramp Ceremony. And it is based on the ramp ceremonies that started in Africa. Afghanistan during um, the uh, the war there, April 17th, 2002, and the days that followed that. So we're going to talk to her about that. But our first guest, want to introduce you to him. He has been wearing a military uniform for over 20 years now. Before that, I believe, was in the cadets as, as well. Originally posted to Lord Strathcona's horse, he has served around the world, including Bosnia, Afghanistan, Jerusalem. He was the commander of one Canadian mechanized brigade group at Edmonton Garrison. And this past summer was named Commander 
commander of 3rd Canadian Division, which, of course, is based right here in Edmonton, but it covers the Army operations from Thunder Bay to the West Coast. We're happy to have Brigadier General Trevor Cadu in studio today. Welcome to the show, General. Yeah, and thanks so much. It's great to be here. Um, May I ask first how I uh, should address you? <laughs> Uh, Trevor's great. Trevor? All right, great. Let's <laughs> so we get that out of the way. Could you maybe uh, tell us about uh, the brigade that you command? What What are they up to? What are they doing right now? So uh, the team that I'm commanding right now is 3rd Canadian Division. It's a form- formation of about 10,000 members, uh, regular force, reserve, Canadian Rangers, and civilians as well. Uh, one of the things that we're always up to is uh, we're always on operations. And so this past year, we had about 2,000 of our members who are deployed uh, abroad overseas on operations to places like uh, Poland, uh, Latvia, Ukraine, and throughout the Middle East. Uh, we also had about a thousand of our members deployed uh, helping Canadians in their time of need, most recently in British Columbia, helping them with uh, the wild, wildfire situation there. So that's that's one thing we always have on the go and, and we always will. Uh, right now we're also focused on strengthening our, our team. Uh, so we are uh, growing our force, uh, training them and in integrating new missions and equipment. Uh, and of course, one of the things that's really important to us uh, right now is better looking after the health and wellness of our soldiers and their families, not just their physical health, but their mental health as well. There's a lot of things that you uh, you touched on right there, and maybe we'll go through some of those, uh, Trevor. Um, and you talk about uh, the operations that our members um, with 3rd Canadian Division are um, embar- embarked on. I think the latest, you know, we had folks over in, in Latvia and Poland. Um, what are they doing there? What are they doing there? So they're doing a, an array of missions. So even to this day, uh, Jalen, we have about 500 soldiers that are that are deployed to Latvia. Um, they are uh, working with uh, the soldiers from six other uh, member nations f- uh, from NATO. Uh, and that particular mission, uh, they're acting as a deterrence force uh, for some of the, the aggression that's happened in the region. Uh, for troops that we have deployed uh, to the Middle East, um, they're working with some of our partners in the region to build their capacity. Uh, For example, we have troops in Jordan who are working with Jordanian armed forces uh, to thicken up their border uh, with, with Syria to prevent the proliferation or the spread of groups like ISIS. Trevor, I think there's um, a lot of people, like we know that we have this base in Edmonton and there's what, you know, 5,000, 6,000 uh, plus up there on any given day. Uh, but I think a lot of us forget that at any given moment, we have soldiers from Edmonton spread right around the world. That's a fact, isn't it? Yeah, that's you're exactly right, Jalen. Right now, in, in we um, subscribe to what we call the Canadian Army Managed Readiness uh, Plan. Uh, we've just come out of a high readiness cycle, and in that cycle, we'll, ha- we'll, we'll always have more troops deployed. But even in what we call the support phase, which is, should be a period of lower operational tempo for us, we still have 500 troops yeah. uh, deployed. And what will never change uh, is the requirement to deploy domestically right. to help Canadians uh, during natural disasters. And just the, the way things have gone in Western Canada over the last 10 years, we've had troops deployed helping Canadians eight of those 10 years. And so we assume that's always going to happen. It could happen as early as tonight, and we're ready for that. Mm. I'm curious about your perspective. Uh, How do you think the Canadian Armed Forces are seen both internationally and here in Canada? I know our reputation in the past has always been that of a peacekeeper, um, but of course you do so much more than that, some of which you just described. Uh, How are we seen internationally? And, And how are we seen, do you think, in this country? 
Well, th- th- this this is going to sound uh, biased, of course, but I, I truly believe that pound for pound, uh, Canadian Armed Forces uh, men and women are the best at what they do uh, in in the world. Um, you've talked about uh, the the perception of uh, peacekeeping and what that's meant to our country, and it, although that's been tremendously important, I, I wouldn't uh, exaggerate it. And one of the, the important things I think to note is that, you know the strength of a maple leaf on a backpack for a young Canadian traveling abroad uh, in Europe in particular, uh, they will uh, get admiration uh, from Europeans and people around the world because Canada has sacrificed, we've lost over 110,000 of our Canadians killed in operations and we've had many hundreds of thousands more that have been wounded both physically and, and mentally. Our reputation amongst our allied military forces is second to none and I believe that our forces respected internationally as well. You know, that's an interesting uh, perspective because I hadn't thought about it until you just said, but I don't travel anywhere for any reason without a maple leaf (laughs) on me uh, because I want to be identified as a Canadian. Quite frankly, I don't want to be confused as an American. Uh, But I hadn't thought that many people's uh, exposure to Canadians might be limited to simply the armed forces. That might be the only way they've come in contact with other Canadians. It it might be. If you go to places like the Netherlands, for example, Canadian Armed Forces members liberated that country during the Second World War. They have an enduring uh, and persistent respect uh, for our members. And we see that to this day when we go there. And of course, I think uh, people around the world also admire the values uh, that our country espouses. And so it's not just on the backs of the men and women of the Canadian Armed Forces, but I think the sacrifices of, of our people over time, that that's had an impact. Do you think that same respect exists here among Canadians for the Canadian Armed Forces? I, I do. I, I can think back to when I joined uh, the Canadian Army in the, in the 1990s. Uh, we weren't even allowed to wear our uniforms to the bank on the way home. <laughs> and something, uh, something changed over the years. I, I could really see it around 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I deployed uh, with, with a team based out of Edmonton to Afghanistan in those early days. And it will stick with me for the rest of my life that when when we landed from that mission, uh, the drive from the airport, 30 kilometers up to the base, it was lined by Edmontonians that were waving Canadian flags. Huh. And that support to the military hasn't changed uh, from uh, since that, that time. So I do believe we have the respect of, of Canadians. And it's not just because of 9-11. Back in the 90s, uh, we had a lot of work to do in terms of professionalizing our force. And we've worked very hard uh, to better equip, uh, to better lead, and to better train train our troops. So I think we're in a better place today because of it. Hmm. Brigadier General Trevor Cadu joining us in studio this afternoon, the commander of 3rd Canadian Division with the Canadian Army. You talk about kind of that shift, and I and I know you, you say you don't think it was just 9-11 and, and, and Afghanistan, but I, I'm a firm believer that um, after April 17th, 2002, and our first friendly fire, the friendly fire deaths in Afghanistan, Canadians started paying attention once again to uh, their military and realizing that we had men and women in places, in dangerous places, and and then we had the first four uh, Canadian casualties since the Korean War. And then you started to see that. You saw the yellow ribbons tied around the trees. You saw people lining up. We saw along the Highway of Heroes between Trenton and and Toronto. Um, The mission in Afghanistan is over. How do we continue to make sure that Canadians are aware of our forces, even when there's not a mission that may be front and center 
to to watch and hear about every day on the news? Jalen, that, that, that's a great question. It's an important one as well. I, what I often uh, tell the troops that I'm honored to work with is that uh, my crystal ball is never working. Uh, it's it's not serviceable. But what I do know is that uh, this world is not getting any safer. Uh, there are there are bad people out there. People will need to be protected. Uh, Mother Nature, in some ways, uh, isn't getting any nicer as well. There will be additional natural disasters, and Canadian Armed Forces members are going to be required. Um, to deploy domestically to help Canadians in their time of need, but also to deploy abroad. And so I'm confident that because of the fact that we're going to continue to be required to deploy our men and women overseas and at home, that our members uh, will continue to be um, thought about and uh, respected by the Canadians that, that they serve. We need to take a break. We do. Why don't we take the break? And when we come back, I'd like to ask you specifically what Remembrance Day means for you. Let's do that right now. Uh, Brigadier General Trevor Cadu, the commanding officer of 3rd Canadian Division, joining us in studio this afternoon as we uh, pause today to remember the uh, the service and sacrifice of so many of our uh, servicemen and women over the years. Now, Trevor, you did do a couple of tours in Afghanistan. Uh, we talk about the 158 uh, that lost their lives there, the thousands more that uh, were injured. Can you reflect on, on your time um, during that mission? and uh, what was accomplished because oftentimes I'm hearing people saying no um, it, it was we were doing good things we made a difference and and sometimes other folks saying no we shouldn't have been there at all yeah Jalen I um, it, it is easy to focus on the losses the the challenges that we had there in terms of uh, the losses from my perspective uh, as a senior military leader what I worry about uh, is the loss of Canadian lives mm-hmm. uh, and the injuries that many of our soldiers took and frankly we're still taking casualties today mm-hmm. from some of the mental health injuries that our soldiers endured while they were deployed to to Afghanistan and if you want to talk about losses of course just uh, and uh, you've had many discussions with our families of the fallen uh, they have to live with uh, with the pain and the loss of our operations in, in Afghanistan each and every day it has become a little bit uh, trendy to talk about our commitment to Afghanistan as a as a failure I don't see it that way um, I deployed there on our first mission and I think we have to remember why we deployed to Afghanistan in the wake of 9-11 it's because uh, a city in North America had been attacked by a terrorist group who was finding sanctuary in Afghanistan and our initial mission was to deploy there to interdict that sanctuary Uh, and I think our Canadian Armed Forces men and women did that extremely effectively uh, over the years but I can also say categorically when I look back uh, to the situation on the ground in 2002 that truly was a failed state they had no governance there they had no police force to to speak of so throughout our commitment there although we certainly didn't solve the problems in Afghanistan nor would you ever through military force alone, I do think uh, that we did make a number of positive changes. Okay. Uh, You know, maybe an unfair question, um, but when you talk about mental health issues, uh, the casualties that continue to be identified as uh, uh, PTSD, uh, why didn't we hear about those after World War I and World War II and other conflicts? Why, Why do we hear so much about them now? 
I, I, I don't know. In, in, there's, that's probably a, a multifaceted uh, thing. Um, I think, first of all, um, the, the sorts of losses, the, the devastation uh, in the, the First World War and the Second World War were, were tremendous. Um, certainly, uh, the deployment of Canadian members uh, to Europe for those two conflicts, that touched everybody's lives. Um, and there was a loss of life that was almost unspeakable. And I think probably many of the horrors were uh, were unspeakable as well. But even for folks that didn't actually deploy, they had a role to play in preparing Canadian members to, to deploy abroad. Um, but I also think as a society, uh, we are now able to speak about these things for a variety of, of different reasons. Um, our stigma, uh, although we have a long way to, to go in reducing the stigma around mental uh, injuries, um, our society is more open to talking about uh, mental injuries and emotional stress and that sort of thing. So I think all these things factor into that. Do you think there's dialogue. anything more that could be done to prepare someone for what they're about to face so that there wouldn't be the, the problem afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. I, so first of all, I, I do talk about um, re- reducing the stigma around mental uh, mental illness. Uh, I think we all have to realize uh, that all of us, and, and I truly believe all of us, me included, uh, will go through dark periods in our in our lives. Uh, we, will, we will lose people that we care about that we love we will especially in the military uh, and police forces and first responders uh, we will experience uh, trauma and there will be uh, some scar tissue uh, because of that um, and that might manifest itself uh, through addictions anxiety depression or, or you name it so first of all we recognize that these sorts of, of injuries are going to happen we also have tools t- uh, to build on the resilience of our, our members as well so one we don't have the time today to talk about it it's called the road to mental readiness it's showing great promise so we're going to double down on it but another thing that we're really enthusiastic about right now is is recognizing that although most of us will go through those those dark periods when i think back to the best leaders the best people that i've ever met in my life most of them have some scar tissue um they have gone out to uh, to the deep waters they have felt pain but they've come out to the other side of it uh, and uh, they have grown from their experiences um, they're more compassionate they are better people better Canadians better Canadian Armed Forces members so what, one of the things that we're, we're starting to explore with some of our healthcare professionals up on the base is the idea of post-traumatic growth and so we're doing a whole bunch of things I think we have so much more to do we have fallen short in this area we're working with families of the fallen uh, to to learn about best practices and how we can better look after our members and their loved ones Trevor, almost out of time, but uh, I guess the final question then is uh, tomorrow, November 11th, Remembrance Day. Um, what does it mean for you? Who will you be remembering tomorrow? Uh, Remembrance Day is important to us. Uh, it, it obviously, it gives us a chance uh, to commemorate through a military event our fallen. Uh, and then it's also important to us that we get a chance to come together, tell war stories, <laughs> laugh, cry, and it's often done over over beer, uh, <laughs> one or two of them. Um, and so that's important to us. I'll tell you what, it's, what is important to me about Remembrance Day, though, is, is recognizing that there are some Canadians that don't have the luxury of, of remembering uh, fallen Canadian Armed Forces members on one day only. 
only. So our families of the fallen in particular, uh, they think about their loved ones that they've lost uh, each and every day. Uh, and so tomorrow, I'm obviously going to be, uh, I'm going to be thinking about them. And as a soldier, Remembrance Day is important to me because although we serve uh, and we don't ask or need recognition, uh, we nobody forced us to walk into the recruiting center. We serve our country with pride. It's important for us to know that on this one day, Canadians take a moment to reflect on these sacrifices because when we do deploy, and we will deploy again, Mm -hmm. it gives us some strength uh, knowing that we have a country that backs us. It gives us some comfort knowing that we have a society that will look after our families uh, when we tell them we're going to be okay, but we're we're not entirely sure if if we will be, and that a society will look after the families of the fallen uh, that we have now, and we will continue to have, uh, unfortunately, in the future. Brigadier General Trevor Cadu, thank you for joining us today. Very much appreciated. I know uh, you have a busy schedule. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your turn team, all of you, everyone over there in the corner too. Thank you so much. Jalen, thank you for your service as well. Uh, you champion so many. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.